Think Talk features thought leadership interviews with executives from the community banking and credit union space. If you are the CEO or would like to be an executive one day, this is the podcast for you. Learn something new in each episode to improve the performance at your financial institution. And now, here's our host, Charlie Kelly. So today we're talking ITMs, interactive teller machines. Uh, This was brought up by a listener who was considering putting in ITMs, but didn't really know what to think about it, even after talking to their vendors. What were the efficiencies going to be? How do you really, you know, what's the best way to look at it when you're thinking about setting up the back office? All those, all those little things that you don't know when you're having a conversation with somebody who hasn't actually done an install. So today we've got Terry Greenlee from County Bank with us, and, and he's just going to kind of walk through some of the things they went through, you know, some lessons learned, maybe some things that they think about as they, not only prior to installing these ITMs, but after. So let's get on with Bank Talk. Okay, so uh, welcome back to Bank Talk. Today, we're talking interactive teller machines. I have with me today, Terry Greenlee, who is the chairman of County Bank. Terry, uh, first of all, thank you for joining us. Thank you. The reason, Terry, uh, that I reached out to you was at a CEO session at the uh, Iowa Bankers Association. Uh, we somehow got onto interactive teller machines. One of the folks that was there, uh, another CEO, who had mentioned your name and just said, hey, you know, these the County Bank put these things in. They have a lot of interesting experience, been at it for quite a few years. After you and I kind of prepped for this thing, I think what what I what came to me is I thought it'd be interesting to sort of hear a little bit about just your the history with these things and and you know the number of locations you have interactive teller machines in. Would you be okay just getting us started there? Yeah, that'd be great. Five years ago, we were building a new branch. We wanted to take a look at the ITM machines, interactive teller machines, before we did our final plans on our building, and. We were down to Page County Bank in Southwest Iowa, and within five minutes of talking to the the staff there, we did a 180 and went a whole new direction. Um, With ITMs, you do not have to wrap your building or on two sides with concrete for a drive-through. You eliminate the drive-through and all the concrete that goes with it and saves you hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we put the ITM out in the parking lot uh, in traffic flow. What happens with the ITM is it's interactive teller machine, as I said. We took transaction times. A tube system is uh, six minutes. A window is five minutes. We're running between a minute 32 and two minutes uh, per transaction. And one of the things that saves us on uh, Saturday mornings, we used to have two people at each drive through to open the the branch. We now have two people that run all of the drive-throughs through ITMs, and we've totally eliminated uh, drive-through mode of operation, and everything goes through the ITM. So, Terry, when you were talking to Page County, you said you did a, a 360, 180, uh, probably 180. And what were you considering originally when you went down there? You were you thinking about adding uh, drive-through space, or were you thinking, you know, kind of where was your head at? When you first had that visit? When uh, we looked at it, uh, we were originally going to have uh, traditional drive-throughs with either a tube and drive-up window. If you can imagine, you're eliminating all that roof 
all that concrete, all that equipment. Now we're paying a nice price for the ITMs, but it made more sense for us and also eliminated uh, a Saturday morning issue for us because of the stack issue that we had. After you went down there and you've been at this for five years, I think you told me. Is yeah. five years a good number? Okay. Correct. Um, how many of these ITMs do you have in today? Uh, or, or give me a feel for your branch, your branches we, we, and how many of them you have. We have six locations and we have eight ITMs. We have one ITM in a town halfway in between two branches. You have to have a customer base to have an ITM because you cannot just start using an ITM as an ITM uh, without having the customer signed up and having an account. When the ITMs aren't acting as an ITM, then they, they're just a regular ATM. So uh, Terry, in that scenario, when you say that they're strictly an ATM, are we talking about just running a card, you know, a card transaction or, you know, pulling a hundred bucks out of your account, those types of transactions, those types of ATM transactions? Correct. And or deposits. They can uh, do anything in the eight, at the ATM. And at the ITM, basically, you can do 98% of what you would do at the uh, walk-up teller. So prior to installing these, you saw some value in purchasing these machines. Otherwise, you wouldn't have gone down and uh, demoed somebody else's machine or, or taken a look at, at you know how, how another bank was running them. What did you think the value was going to be before you jumped into this? We really didn't know what to think of it because that new interactive uh, business on a machine, uh, would people really use it? And one of the things we found out is 80-year-olds that absolutely love this, and there are 35-year-olds that refuse to use it. They're worried about the machine cutting their fingers off or uh, just any bunch of uh, funny stories. Before we turned the machines on, we introduced them to one community, and the prep was in the back room. There was somebody that could talk to the out front, and we need the uh, uh, people into who was coming up to the uh, machine. And so when you'd walk up, you uh, say, Charlie, that you walked up, they would answer, oh, hi, Charlie, how are you doing? And people were rather flabbergasted about that, but we, we had some fun with it. And the way we introduced it to employees was um, we had them bring their families in and all the kids got to take $5 and make a deposit in their checking or, or savings accounts. And so when you said that you were uh, able to tell the person's name, it's only because the person in the front room knew what the knew who the person was. Is that kind of where you guys were going with that? That is correct. The, oh, okay. uh, and of course, it, it shocked them. And then then we told them the, the real story. I said <laughs> that our man Lucas was in the back room and we did, told him your name. So <laughs> that's a good, good way to break them in a little bit. question that I continually get on this is how often... A person that is doing a transaction at these machines goes to a live agent versus just using the automated function. Do you have an under? Uh, do you have a feeling for you know how, how many times are they going to a live agent, or how do you have your setup in that in that scenario? Are they always at a live agent? There's live agents from um, eight thirty in the morning to uh, four thirty in the afternoon. Customers get used to talking to their individual tellers. And what's what's fun is that uh, they start developing relationships like you would with a, a walk-up teller. But is everybody going to a live agent? All the ITMs are, are live agents. When it's not in the ITM mode, it's just a regular ATM. I see. Because I, I think I've heard of uh, some folks that 
set them up as ATM mode and default back to the ITM, right? Default back to a live agent. And we're the opposite. We, we are all live from 8.30 to 4.30. So they immediately go up and they're looking at a live agent when they get to the machine. And let's switch gears just a little bit. When you set up your live agents, I had quite a few questions on how do you set up that back office? What does that look like? Are they working remote? Are they working in the office? Can you give me a little feel for you know, how that's morphed since you've had these, these machines? At our uh, main location, we have three cubicles that, uh, with a backdrop of the, of the bank logo. This allows us to have up to three people at any time answering ITM calls. We originally had them in another part of the facility without windows, and we brought them up out of the dungeon and in, into the, uh, they, each one of them has a window next to them now. And then we can do remote if we need to, and we can do other branches can jump in and act as an ITM person. When you mentioned the three agents at your at your primary location, are they taking transactions from all the branches or just from that location? They're taking uh, calls from all the branches. We funnel everything into the, the home office and that's how we've changed the paradigm, I guess, is that all the drive-throughs and all the walk-ups, we have uh, five drive-throughs and three walk-ups. So if I think about what you just said, when they're looking at this agent, they're looking at an agent with your logo in the background, you know, almost looks like, uh, you know, some of the webinars you see or something like that, where, where somebody's got a, somebody's got a background that is the bank. In which case, when you say that you can do remote, you could do these folks remote, even if they were sitting in their living room, not that you, you know, uh, you've made a choice not to do that, but even if they were sitting in their living room and they had connectivity to the, to the bank transactions, in theory, the person that's, that's coming up to the ITM machine may not know that because you've got this background with the bank logo, et cetera. Am I thinking right. about that right? You are. The thing is that if we get down at the main level for whatever reason, and we've had communications issues where we've lost towers, we communicate between um, three or four of the locations, point-to-point -point radio wave uh, Wi-Fi, and then two of the locations uh, we connect with internet. And we're seeing high enough speed through the internet that uh, eventually that may be the way we, we go with all of them. So let's, let's jump back to, you had just kind of mentioned traffic through these. And one thing that you told me offline, I don't know that we've covered yet, is, is sort of the amount of time it takes to take a transaction and what that's done to your, either your weekend or your month-end traffic. Can you give us just a little feel for you know what you've experienced there? A tube system typically takes six minutes for a transaction. A window takes five minutes. We have our transaction now down between two minutes and maybe a minute, 32 seconds. The speed of transaction goes much faster that way. Prior to the pandemic, about 19% of our transactions were ITMs versus live tellers. Today, we're a third of all our transactions are through the ITM. And is that why you decided to, to put the live agent in front versus you know the alternative of letting them interact with the, with the ATM per se, right? And then default over to the person? Is that kind of how, you, how you're thinking about that? Anyone can use the ATM by just inserting their card and it becomes an ATM. Once they touch the screen, uh, they're live with, with our staff. Okay, great. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. We also have a 
a camera looking down at the machine and the car so they can see stack and weather conditions and things like that. One of the things that in Iowa with cold temperatures, we were having uh, ink pens freeze up. So we put pencils out at the ITM and normally you wouldn't think that a pencil would be what you'd want to use to sign the back of a check or, or something like that. But the thing is, once we capture the image, they can't be altered. And so a pencil works just fine and a pencil doesn't freeze up in the winter. That's a very interesting story. Uh, I never would have thought about it. Okay. And so, Terry, I think this is my final question on this podcast, but I wanted to spend a little bit of time on return on investment. We've heard some pretty large numbers for, for these machines. And, you know, particularly when you add staffing and everything else to them, if you, if you consider that staffing supplemental versus, you know, part of your current team. But as you guys were thinking about return on investment before you invested, and then how you think about it now, Give me an understanding of, um, you know, how you put those numbers together or whether you even put them together or just decided that this felt like the right way to go. Well, we looked at the cost of the facility, a brand new facility and wrapping it with concrete to, for the drive-throughs. We eliminated that, the cost of the roof and all the tubes and everything else goes with that. Our staffing, we were having to staff two people at each branch on a Saturday so we're down to two people now just to run all the ITMs on Saturday. The cost uh, was depreciated out over five years. While it, it, there's an expensive upfront and you need to start with about four units to make sense. The other return on investment I look at is how does a customer respond to it? When you're first introducing them, you have to be outside helping them use the machine for the first time. By doing that, we had people out with coffee and cookies and things like that. And that worked well, but you, you don't want to do that in uh, past October. Uh, it gets really the chili out there at a drive through One of the, the things that Page County ha happened was that uh, the president was out there when it was 10 degrees out, and he decided they had enough coaching of the customers after that, because it was quite nippy yeah. that day. <laughs> That'll shut them down pretty fast, probably, huh? Oh, yeah. But the return on investment was the whole package. It just wasn't any dollar and cents. And then when the pandemic hit, we were in a perfect uh, solution. We we had lobbies shut down, and which we don't look like that will happen again. But the thing is, you don't know. We're able to serve our, cu serve our customers um, five days a week, six days a week. Let me just spend just a, a minute on something you said. You had mentioned that you thought that four units was the minimum. And is that because the with is that sort of have to do with the efficiencies of the staff? You know, otherwise, unless you have four, it doesn't make sense to get all the remote piece set up or uh, give me a feel for how that four units fits into what the way you're thinking about these. One of the things that our vendor told us we needed to do four units because of the cost of the equipment, the software and the operating system and the setup. It's a case you need to go all in. We've seen uh, other banks leave one drive up open and have the ITMs. And what happens is people all dive towards the drive through Until you force the customer to use the machine at one time, it's not uh, going to get used. And that that's the key that we found out is you have to make the customer use the machine. And the pandemic helped that for us, quite frankly, because we didn't have any walk-up tellers for so many weeks. 
Interesting. I wonder if that's true as well. If your drive up teller starts stacking up on you, you know, do they, do they eventually migrate to the ITM? We didn't experience that because uh, we did a hundred percent transition day one. Oh, and you just transitioned right out of the drive up. Uh, the biggest challenge was, is getting uh business customers change and working with them. And, and we worked, did workarounds with those customers. We had the, one of the interesting things is we had a woman want to get a roll of quarters out of our ITM and we can give her 12 cents, but we can't give her a roll of, of quarters. And, and so then what happens when they have a transaction they can't run through the ITM? They're forced to go to the lobby? Is that how? We're forced to go to the lobby or come to, to a door and we'll meet them out outside which you know in some cases that's not it's about the same thing you've experienced trying to get one you know get too many rolls of quarters through the vacuum tube right uh is there anything else terry that we haven't covered i think you hit most of the topics that uh our listener was asking for you know anything else on transaction volume or setup or i mean i really like the concept of you know having a person out there you know again maybe not in winter you know if you roll one out in a branch you know, roll it out at the right time of year so you can have somebody there that's that's comfortable with technology as well as comfortable with clients and, you know, get them over there, walk them through it, those types of things that probably that training helped quite a bit, I'd imagine. One of the things that we did was we had a, a canopy designed uh, to go over our uh, units. And depending on the location, whether we wrap the back of the machine with glass Sometimes they're in wind tunnels where you have to have the glass just to, to stop the wind when they're working with the machine or using the machine. We've used uh, on some of them, you know, talking about, we call our machines PAT, personal automated tellers. That's a PAT machine for us. Okay. So, so you got to go see PAT yep. if, it's, if it's time to run your transaction. Okay. We thought it, it thought it needed a, a name, and Pat was a good name. Anything else we want to talk about before we finish up here? I can give you my contact information. Anybody can give me a call at uh, 641-622-3393, and that's my office at Greenlee Companies. Email me at terry, T-E-R-Y, at greenlee.net, G-R-E-E. N-L-E-Y dot net. Greenlee companies sell uh, Brant coin wrappers. We we are the manufacturer of those and paper products and forms. Uh, and we ship those all over the United States. Well, thanks, you, Terry. I, I, this has really been very helpful. Just understanding how you guys were thinking about it, you know, what, what became of it. And it certainly seems like you feel like the investment was a good one once you got it all set up and running. How long did it take from the time you decided to put in the first four or five machines to the time that you had it up and running to the point where you were comfortable, you know, through the training and all that? It's about three to four months process. Just thinking through the concrete pouring for the pad and the canopy and those kind of things. And machines take a while to get as well. It's so important to have a great vendor uh, we have data business out of Des Moines. They're very fast when we have an issue, and we don't seem to have many issues with the machines. They're fairly dependable, and they do preventive maintenance uh, on a monthly or bi-monthly basis. So so these folks are, are servicing the machines for you? Correct. Now, we, we fill the machines ourselves. They do all the service when there's a jam or a printer problem. They make sure they're up and operational, that type of thing? Yeah. Well, Terry, thank you very much. Appreciate your time today and really appreciate your input on this thing. Thank you, Charlie. 
Okay, well, thanks again to Terry for joining us. Once again, for Bank Talk, this is Charlie Kelly, your host. Have a good day and keep on learning. Thank you for listening to the Bank Talk podcast brought to you by Remedy Consulting. To reach out to Terry, email him at terry, T-E-R-R-Y, at greenly.net, G-R-E-E-N-L-E-Y.net. To check out the latest information, go to banktalkpodcast.com, and we will see you in the next episode.